Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mistletoe Secret. I am the cookie that went down the wrong pipe, Trey Plutnicki. And I am the reindeer with a broken antler, Daniel Kunkel. <laughs> a broken antler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I was going to I was gonna reference the movie, but no. Uh-huh. I got more class. Take it away. Take, yeah, yeah, yeah. More um, refinement. So we, got, we uh, have a movie mm-hmm. that is led by Candace Cameron Burr. Excellent. Um, and I think, Daniel, I think we have something to talk about before we get into it, just based on okay. the, the begin, just based on that on in and of itself. Um, uh, okay. Yesterday, yes, uh, Bob Saget died. Yes, he, yes, he did. Um, and Candace Cameron Burr, the star of this movie, uh, made a statement, made a tweet, uh, said, "I don't know what to say." I have no words. Bob was the mo- was one of the best human beings I've ever known in my life. Yeah. I loved him so much. Um, so that is the somber, somber uh, energy we're going to bring into you this episode. You have chosen to really bring the mood down <laughs> within the first minute and a half of recording. Wow. That's impressive. I have a Bob Saget a lot of, story, though. Not a lot of podcasters can do that. Yeah, what's your Bob Saget no, story? No, 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 no. I do have a Bob Saget story, and that will okay, bring cool. the mood up. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so and and you can share your experience with Bob Saget if you have any, um, but I saw Bob Saget on Broadway um, in 2015. I saw him in this show called Hand to God. Oh, really? And cool. He was the pastor in Hand to God, and uh, if you're familiar with the show, the show is like about a uh, church uh, group therapy session for kids where puppets are involved. So Bob Saget, Saget pay, played the pastor of that church. Um, when he walked out on stage, he doesn't come out on stage until like the first 30 minutes, uh, like after the first 30 minutes of the show. When he came out on stage, a guy from across the aisle from where I was sitting in the audience goes, is that Bob Saget? <laughs> like out loud, <laughs> like really loud for everyone to hear. And his friend right next to him was like, yeah, 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 shh, 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 shh. As and my my immediate reaction to that was like, did you not know? How did you not know? How did you not know Bob Saget was in this? So, because um, I'm sure it's Bob plastered Saget everywhere story. in the show and the program yeah, whenever, and everything. Whenever there's a star in a Broadway show, for those who don't know, it is everywhere. You know. Yeah, Chicago has um, earned its earned its lifetime of of uh, money based off of advertising for their stars in their show like jesus i get to 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 carry us down the rabbit hole just a bit more for a second i hate the i i don't like most play posters i think they are a very unimaginative um and pretty pretty straightforward but my least favorite are when they copy the movies and it's just a collection it's it's a floating head poster is kind yeah. of a generally accepted term for it where it's just like yeah people's faces and then a title. And it's like, this This tells me absolutely nothing about what I am about to see. Or like, right. I'm th- I, think, um, I think the waitress poster is really good because you still get the person's face. You still get whoever is playing Jenna's face. But she's got a pie in her hand. There's a clear background. I get generally what the show's going to be about. But I saw a poster for, um, when, I was, when I was in New York over the break, I saw... A poster, uh, Daniel Craig is doing Macbeth on Broadway for like 13 yes. weeks. Um, and yeah. it's just a picture of his face 
It's it's just a big over the over the I forget which theater it's playing. Um, it's uh, like him and uh, uh, Ruth Nega are playing it, and it's just like his face, and then like it's this weird like it's his face, and then it's like a marble sculpture version, and it's like the the side of his face has been chiseled out, and then there's just Ruth Nega like poking her head out, like, hey. Hello, and then I think I it's think so I believe bad. Sam Gold is directing it, yeah. and so it's just like directed by so. Sam Gold at the bottom. Um, it, it at least that one they took it a step further, but you see so many of these posters where it's just like, I mean, it's every Marvel poster, every Marvel yeah. poster, every it's single it, one. Like just oh yeah, thank you for letting me know that there's 17 people in this movie. It's like thanks. Oh my God, What's it about? So like. It, at least with Hallmark, even the Hallmark ones, all the Hallmark ones do this. You've probably heard the joke about Hallmark movies. They all, it's either the man is in a green sweater and she's in a red sweater or flip it. Yeah. But even then <laughs> they give you some sort of indication about what the movie's going to be about. Like this poster for this movie is them like sitting around a campfire out in the wilderness. And it's like, okay, I know generally that this is going to be about the wilderness in some way. You know, this is yeah. going to be some more remote setting. And then like the nine, um, the nine lives of Christmas, they had just a, a cats in the poster. It's like, oh, sweet. I know, I know it, kitties gonna are going to be involved in some way. Royal Christmas. Yeah. She's like walking down the steps and she's in a princess dress. You get the gist, man. But these posters that are, just, can you imagine a Hallmark poster that was just like two floating heads, just Candace Cameron Burr and, and Brian and... Doyle Murray, just like <laughs> standing there, like looking off into the middle distance. Yeah, oh God. That's it's no good. So, so annoying. Anyway. Um, let me see if I can find a good review for this movie mm-hmm. to get us started. Um, I think first and foremost, we should just like flatly say we both enjoyed this movie. You know, did you so come I around texted, to it? Yeah, I did come around to it. I texted Daniel about this movie before I really got into it. And then I think there was one specific scene that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I see what this movie's trying to do. I guess this is pretty coy. I it's, guess they're trying to play coy. It's you pretty know, clever. Means, yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a. It's, it's clever. Re- it's yeah, clever. I think, I think she is great. Um, I love like most of the cast, I think, is kind of like they're all kind of the most extreme, but in that the best versions of the Hallmark archetypes. Um, like I think Robert Pine is just kind of very quintessential Hallmark dad in this yeah the santa the santa no 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 or sorry no, no, her no, dad, the doctor her dad. no the brian doctor. doyle murphy is a quintessential hallmark <laughs> santa there's something a little off with him he's maybe a little dangerous sometimes yeah there's a, there's a secret he's hiding um you know it's gonna be a good hallmark but, movie with this if the santa's got a little bit of an edge yeah if like he's, maybe he's if got he's a switchblade in the boot you know yeah yeah did you find a, a good a, review uh, and no, I did not find a good review. So I we're think just it's skip just, that part. I think just because it's a good movie, like it's kind it's of pretty good. It, there's yeah. some there's some laughable parts, but overall, like this is pretty solid, pretty solid Hallmark. I think. So let me allow me to summarize. Yes, please. Um, so we got Candace Cameron Burr. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a doctor. She gets relocated to a place in Alaska as a doctor yep. called uh, Garland, Alaska. Yep. Um, she arrives at this hospital 
where there are four nurses and there has not been a doctor in residence for one year. <laughs> and uh, hilarious. Um, she start, begins uh, working at this hospital. She is recruited by this guy named Andy, uh, who is the son of the uh, business mogul Frank Holiday who is the owner of Holiday Shipping, which is the reason why Garland exists in the first yes. place. It's like yeah. the it's like the town business, you know? Like everybody works there. Um nobody everybody everybody that works around there is working in service of the people who work there pretty much. Yeah. Um and that does not uh omit the hospital because by God, Daniel, you would think with the amount of people coming into this hospital that there are just bear traps just all over Garland, Alaska, that, that there, is, there is sickness and disease just hanging out everywhere, that people are fighting each other in the streets. With this is everybody a dangerous in- city to live in. The first Her first day working, she comes out and she's like, okay, great. Like, let's see who we've got. And the, the waiting room's full. With Full. people, it's like, like one person's people. like holding his wrist, <laughs> like another person like broke their ankle or sprained yeah. their ankle in some way. This it's... is a rough place to, which like I would get if they had made it more of like a, a on the wilderness town, but it's just a regular Hallmark town that just happens to be, you have to take a plane from Anchorage to get there. Like it's otherwise yeah. a pretty normal town. I mean, maybe it's like a factory town, you know, like, I mean, factory jobs are difficult, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But they say, they say the biggest employer is the shipping company. The biggest business, yes. let's see, let's see the biggest businesses we see in town, the shipping company, the cafe, which I think is and, the only restaurant the in town and the hospital. Yeah. So, and the hospital employs five people. The hospital employs <laughs> the, five people. Yeah, and then the and cafe the employs store, two. The the Sears, I guess that they've got there, like <laughs> the Sears, the, the home yeah, brand it, Sears. Yeah, um, it the and but once again, like they, it's all for holiday shipping because holiday shipping looks like it is a big enough factory to employ like probably five hundred people, which is like the, the population of the town. Yeah. So, and there's um, a little bit of. There's a little bit of mystery surrounding. There's some mystery going on because these. um, So someone comes into the hospital and has a uh, bruise on their hand from a hammer uh, that they're trying to trying to use, (laughs) and uh, uh, she goes, "You work at Holiday Shipping," and he goes, "Yeah, I was building toys," (laughs) and then Candace Cameron Burr goes. You build toys at a shipping company? And he goes, it's the busiest time of the year. And then she goes, uh-huh. All right, come inside. And this hammer, by the way, he keeps it in his pocket. It is the world's tiniest hammer ever to exist. Which, um, like, every time Brian Doyle Murray explains... It, he's okay he's santa claus spoiler alert he's santa he, claus. yeah he's and, he is santa. this is some sort of factory we'll, we'll discuss it more in in the theory 
portion. Yeah. Because um, it's only revealed at the very, very end that he is legitimately Santa Claus. But we get tons uh-huh. of hints. He has a reindeer in his garage. He just looks <laughs> like Santa Claus. <laughs> he has a reindeer in his garage. Don't we all, though? Don't we all? Um, yeah. He's got a his reindeer in his Rudy. garage. And then, yeah, the, by the end of the movie, there's like an extra 400 people in this town. And they're all like, oh, we're here for... Um, for the shipping company, we're here to help out. And everybody's just like, oh, you know, it's the busiest time of the year. <laughs> and then at the very, like when I say the very end, it's the last shot of the movie. We see um, the we see Mr. Murray ride up in his sleigh dressed like Santa. And the, the woman's like, ha ha, you are Santa, huh? Wink. And he's like, yep, that's me. I'm Santa for all the children. And then the last shot of the movie is him flying away on his sleigh. Over the moon. Over the yeah. moon. They do a terrible job of hiding this secret. Yes. It, it famous. Well, okay. So they do a terrible job of hiding the secret from her because she is a visitor in the town of Garland. I personally think Garland is pretty hidden. Oh, well, they, they, there's like no roads, it's, I think. I think yeah. you have to fly there. It's a valley town. You have to fly in. I think it's um, invisible. I think there's an invisibility <laughs> spell on it because when they fly in at first, Candace Cameron Burr is like, oh, that appeared out of nowhere. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, crazy. <laughs> anyway. Like kind of kind of like Wakanda. I like think it's like Wakanda, Wakanda has like Hogwartsy. It's got just like yeah, a Yeah, oh, dome. Hogwarts is a better, like, yeah. yeah if there's you, some sort of magic dome. If you know about it, you can see it. And if you don't know about it, Sorry, you can't like you won't be yeah. able to see it. That's my the- that's that's a that's a little pre theory. I think that that's an invisible town somehow. Um, okay, but sorry, you were describing the movie five minutes ago. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Like, there's a uh, subplot Cameron... with a woman and with a nurse and a flower yeah. delivery boy, which I I found quite charming i think both of them it are like charming really cute um i think they're great yeah sh- she goes <laughs> she goes oh there's n- nothing between us i mean like we've been friends for our entire life and he used to throw me in the mud when i was five <laughs> and he dated my next door neighbor but like there's nothing there and i broke his <laughs> shin one time and there's nothing there's nothing there <laughs> it's like yeah i used to just shove gum in his hair for fun i like so it's stuff the, like that. the uh, main like con- the only conflict in this movie really comes when um she of course starts dating um holiday jr santa claus jr um mm-hmm. and then she gets a call from her dad who's like hey this 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 residency you really wanted is up for grabs again so you gotta get out of there Mm-hmm. And get to Baltimore. I think it was in Baltimore. Um, uh, Boston. Oh, it was a Boston. Boston, excuse me. I think I think it was Boston. Much love yeah. to the people of Boston. Forgive me. Mm-hmm. Um, he. So then she's like, I can't, I can't, Dad. This old man is eating cookies, and I, I've got to help him, or he will <laughs> die. This guy, he will have a heart attack. Which you know, okay. So like, this gives like some sort of mortality to Santa. Almost. 100%. Yes. He almost but has like, a heart all- attack in the movie. But like I think that also gives credence to your theory, which you talked to me about, which was this is an excommunicated Santa kind yes. of yes. working off the grid. Yeah, which is interesting because he is in a he's like very close to the North Pole relative to most of the world. Yeah. 
Garland. Um, can I just can I before we get into theories, I've got a couple of quick notes. For sure. Um, they have again the line Hallmark is obsessed with this myth that love is inconvenient. And I get what they're <laughs> okay. going for. I understand <laughs> the point of like love is about compromise and sometimes you there's something you really want to do but you, but you promised your partner you'd do this or you know maybe you're maybe there's a move you want to make that your partner doesn't and you you compromise on that that's what love is yeah. about but they always phrase it as love is inconvenient <laughs> it's like <laughs> i think you're doing relationships wrong i have yeah, like I, never that... thought of my relationships as inconvenient <laughs> I think that's a disservice. And I think that is like, love is, yeah, love is incon. I guess love is inconvenient when you are a doctor working in Garland, Alaska, and you have this really important fellowship that you have offered in Boston, but your handyman boyfriend that you met in Alaska <laughs> is like, I need to take over Santa's company. <laughs> so I guess in, in, that, in that regard, maybe love is a little inconvenient. Which, like, she wanted to be a surgeon, which I get. But she does go from, like, just finishing med school to running a whole hospital by herself. Which, like... Single-handedly. And it's in this beautiful, idyllic town. They... I think they just give her a house. Um... We don't really see where she stays, right? She's got like a cabin, but they don't really explain... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. buy it? Because she finds out and then the next day is on a plane. No, they give her the house. I think they give they, her the, the house. house is so, like, hers. Anyway, yeah. um, this has one of my favorite lines when her dad comes in, um, and she like comes in the house. She gets broken up with at the beginning of the movie by her old boyfriend. We don't care about him. He's in it for three seconds. Um, but the <laughs> dad comes in. I'm going to try and do a dramatic recreation of this dad's line reading because it's excellent. Okay, <clears throat> so I'm he's psyched. off screen. He goes, "Who is that?" Is that Lauren? And then he comes in, sees her. <laughs> ah, there's there's Lauren. It's you. <laughs> and that, it's, it's like a 10 second bit of him being like who's in my house is it lauren oh hey lauren he's, how's it going <laughs> he's playing the yes no game daniel <laughs> uh for those uninitiated the yes no game is an acting exercise that daniel and i both oh, did man uh where you have to where there there are a set of keys on the floor and you have to honestly say yes i'm going to pick these keys up and no i'm not going to pick these keys up and the goal of the exercise is to make those changes as quick as possible and and while being authentic it is um it's pain wildly difficult i'd like, try pain just try it discipline. out right now if you're listening it's really yeah. fun um yeah she i think we get the first bit of hallmark advice that i really enjoyed which is the quote you can listen to your mind but you have to follow your heart and I think that's I think that's pretty darn good advice. I think that's what they're yeah. always trying to say, but it always comes across as like women give up on your dreams and and then you'll find love where it's I, and I like this phrasing of it more as like our this is our hallmark bedrock. Every movie is built upon this assumption of like, listen to your mind, follow your mind, have a plan. But at the end of the day, you do have to follow you like you will follow your heart. Yeah, and I think I don't that doesn't get put into those words ever. No, and I think um, that's such a, a clear, concise way to phrase it. And I'd kind of be okay if every other movie just stole that quote. 
and just used it and in just every used movie because it's great it's yeah. great and it's a i think it's simpler than trying to have these complicated plots that often involve very successful women giving up very successful careers because they like these guys which is totally fine except when they always phrase it as like well finally you're in a woman's place you finally yeah. you are a married woman now as you belong to be yeah and it's not i mean she doesn't i mean she's leading a hospital now like it's not like she i keep coming back like to she that she pretty I, much owns a hospital she and i <laughs> so. uh, i yeah i just really like how they how they treat her in this i think they treat her like it feels weird to say it cuz she's a written made up thing but i they treat her like a person in this movie yeah um and then my last yeah, thing for sure. she comes into her beautiful log cabin you know that shit's handmade it's gorgeous okay. it's already decorated it's like a 10 uh-huh. minute walk to her work she comes in and she's like i can make this work <laughs> yeah no kidding you can make it work i'm no kidding you can make this work you got this beautiful you live in a walkable community planned for you and like everyone's super nice yeah. Um, there's one weird part at the end when she's like saying her goodbyes to all the nurses. And I swear to God, they just add in two random ass people for her to say goodbye to. There's yeah. a super tall guy with a goatee who he's like, we're going to really miss you around here. And I'm like, the fuck is this guy? Ooh, where did you what come the from? Hell? And then there's just this random kindly old black woman who's like, you go do what you got to do. And she like pats her on the back. <laughs> it's like, I have never, never so seen you in this hospital before. Um, those are my, those are my observations. But the last weird thing is, uh, I mean, sh- so they asked her to treat a reindeer that had a, uh, wonky ankle. Yeah. Um, and she was like, I am a doctor for people. <laughs> I can't do, I am not qualified for this at all. And uh, the Santa was like, well, okay. I mean, uh, we needed Rudy in good shape here. And she was just like, I I have to go. Um, That's the last weird thing that I have. Is there not Um, a vet in town? That's the, I mean... I think that all of the animals in town are magic, so it doesn't really matter. That's the thing. I feel like being a Santa and not knowing how to take care of your reindeer is like being a professional sports car driver and not understanding how your car works. Mm. You know, it's it's like being it's like being an old-timey cowboy and just being like, "Well, I know that's a horse. I don't know much else about it, though. And it's like, that's your, like, main thing, my man. That's your thing, dude. Like, and it's like, well, horsey, horsey sprained his ankle. Guess I got to put her down. Like, it's like, I don't know how to fix this one. That's if I would get it if it was like, oh, my God, the antler, like, it's missing a leg. We've got to do something. But it's just, like, sprained its ankle. Something I have to assume is relatively common if you are a flying reindeer. Because you never know what surfaces you're going to be landing on, taking off from. You had to right. practice it's, and learn how to fly, which I'm sure is way more difficult. Gear. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's a weird... Um, it's that a, was a weird moment. I And I it, it's not too... 
explainable. No. You know? And she does do it. She is just like, I got it. She does have the most believable line we've ever seen in a movie where she's like, great, I'm going to go watch some videos and make sure I did this right, but I think it's good. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's like you could have done this exact same thing. Like, I it's like changing a tire. <laughs> it's like it's like a, well, I'm I'm gonna go watch a YouTube video to see if I'm changing this tire right. I just love. I would have loved a scene of her just like in on her couch with a cup of coffee, just watching reindeer sprained ankles tutorials <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> First thing, don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> like hearing that, like that sort of thing. Um, okay, so Daniel. A couple odds and ends before we get to the connections. Just a few. Um, But because I texted you something that says, I'm going to blow this thing wide open. And And out of respect for the audience, I didn't push. I promise you. We're finding this out at the... Oh, we also figured out a good life hack for these Hallmark movies. Watch them at 1.2 to 1.35 speed. Yes. Yeah, Really, it really picks up the pace. You don't miss anything, but everything just goes at a much better pace. The pace is fantastic. Oh, my God. Do these feel like... These don't feel like watching movies to me anymore. Oh? Do you... Like, you know when you finish a movie... And you're like, wow, I was just in another place for a while. Even if it's a bad movie, these Uh don't feel like that to me anymore. I like sat down yesterday, watched this movie and was like, all right, well, that's my that's my vacuuming done. (laughs) It's just become another task in my day. Yeah. Daniel, that's the price of being an investigator. It's that's the price. And because what we do. What we do is not watch Hallmark movies. No, no, uh, we really contrary don't. to popular belief. No. What we do, what we do is is similar to what Nick Cage does in National Treasure. Okay, yes, yes, right. Yeah, we gather data. We this we gather data. We put together clues. We put lemon juice on the back of the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. Is what we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is the, so, the Declaration of Independence in this analogy is, of course, Debbie McElmeyer's book, <laughs> Mr. Miracle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Debbie yeah. left a clue on the back. <laughs> yeah. There's a clue on page 69 in Debbie Mac. <laughs> and Call Me Mrs. Miracle, the original copy. Um, it just, okay. We rub it out and it says, call me, and then her phone number appears in lemon. <laughs> Sorry, on the, if, ends, if you look ends. on the back of the original manuscript, if we look on the back of Lacey Chabert's original <laughs> contract, <laughs> she lays it all her out big, in blood. Her very first contract. <laughs> what, would, what do you think signed. her first? What do you think all their first contracts were for? Like her, Candace Cameron Burr, like the ones who have done like twenty-five of these movies now. Oh, I have no clue. I, I bet mean, they signed up for like one or like one. And then just, I guess something clicked. I think, I think the thing that clicked was probably when they were asked back. And like, they said, yes. It, like the, they did the first movie and they were like, that was fun. And then they did the second movie. And then suddenly the writers were like, is this okay? Like, and they were all of a sudden part of the collaboration. Are you, are you and feeling then it just, this? Are you? Are, yeah. Are it's like, wait, right I'm now? kind of, I'm kind of vibing. Okay. Like I'm vibing with this. That's actually a really um, fun show idea. If it was like, if there was like a Hallmark boot camp, basically where it was like, this is how we write all the movies, produce them all super quick. And it was just like 
a mockumentary style show. I'm going to put that in my back pocket. That's a good idea. <laughs> Write that down. Write that shit down. Sorry, you had odds and ends. Okay, here are my odds and ends. Okay. Uh, Daniel, this movie is a perfect allegory for what is going on in our hospitals in America right now. <laughs> and I would like to say, I texted you this. Yeah, you I did. said, yeah. I said, um, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, this movie, I think this is an allegory for the stress COVID is having on the hospital systems, and we should tell Cam- Candace Cameron Burr that she did a great job bringing awareness to the pandemic. Uh, Candace Cameron Burr is famously is Republican and uh, does not care about the pandemic. I, I, like, does I would she be not shocked. Care, does she not care about the pandemic? I don't think, well, like, I don't think so. Let's go to her Twitter. Well, you'll see the the very sad Bob Saget tweet. Very uh, first oh, and foremost, yeah. yeah, yeah. I what what was fascinating was like the hospital doesn't have a doctor. The no. doctors are all gone because they're getting sick with COVID and they have to go. The second a new doctor shows up, there is immediate stress on the hospital system. Mm-hmm. People are coming <laughs> into the hospital like day in and day out, nonstop. She's like, where are these people coming from? There's only so many people in town. And it turns out the whole town knows that she's the doctor in town and it's time to see the doctor. Yes. And I think, I think that is a very apt analogy. And, beca- and they have to go see the doctor because they have to get back to work. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've nailed it. You got, yeah. Like it's, it's a horrifying trap that people are in now with capitalism. Like, yeah. So this movie in 2014 predicted the pandemic. Um, that's my, that's my, is that you ends. blowing it wide open? No, this is me okay, blowing yeah. it wide open. Ready? <laughs> yes, Daniel yeah. to you. Okay. What is love? Uh, love is patient. Love is kind. Um, I forgot the rest of the verse. Um, <laughs> Um, but to but to you genuinely. Oh, to me genuinely. What it like? Genuinely. What is what what is what is love to you? I'm so glad you've asked me this question at 10 a.m. on a Monday morning. Yeah, you bet. Um, I mean, I th- I, I think love is very different. For I think I think love is when you are you are willing to put someone else uh, in front of you. Hmm. Uh, in in a not in a literal sense, um, in a metaphorical sense. Sure, for um, sure. Yeah, I think it's when you're willing to you're willing to put somebody's needs in front of your own. I think it's when you are um, genuinely conscious and like trying to be aware of someone else's uh, needs or uh, aware of their wants, and you are like willing to say. Well, I really wanted the the I really wanted that cookie, but you want that cookie more. So I I want you to have that cookie. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, especially with the cookies, I relate. I think I think analogies to food, nine times out of ten, work out better when describing emotions because they're much more <laughs> relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and they're also a primal need. Food is a primal need. It's a primal desire in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel, this will this will wrap back to this question. Okay. 
the Aurora Borealis oh my God. was okay. present. Yep. Was present in this movie. Yes, it was. Yep. Okay. It was present after they kissed for the first time. Yes, it was. Now, in North Pole, the movie North Pole, which is about the North Pole <laughs> and oh, man. and the yep. <laughs> I know what you're doing. And, yep. And how and how the Aurora Borealis is uh the only reason why Christmas exists in the first place because it 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 uh, fuels essentially the power of North Pole. The town um, North Pole. The town North Pole. Yeah. The Empire, the Empire. The North Empire Pole. of North real. Pole. Um the Aurora Borealis is once again present in this movie and it happens when they kiss for the first time. Yes. Now, Daniel. Yes, Trey. What if I were to tell you that each one of these Hallmark movies okay. are merely chapters in a book describing events that power the Aurora Borealis mm. enough to last the year? Mm-hmm. And while we are the ones reading the book, we are not the ones that are writing the book. Are you getting metaphysical and saying that the writers are the ones writing the book or the characters? Are I'm the saying ones? the writers are the ones writing the book. That makes sense. They're the writers. Right. <laughs> so what we're seeing in every single Hallmark movie is someone watching over all of these instances of love and happiness <laughs> and Christmas cheer yeah. that power the Aurora Borealis And eventually, one of these days, we're going to get a movie that starts with someone closing the book and having to deal with those consequences. And I think that book was closed at the beginning of North Pole. Does Does that happen in the beginning of North Pole? Is there like legitimately someone closing a... No. Oh, oh, okay. You're you're speaking... um, Yes. Hyperbolically. Gotcha. Yes. I love it. I think think that makes a ton of sense. Is there one book? It's one book. It's one big old book. One book. And I think we need to start asking ourselves, every movie, how is this movie fueling the aurora borealis so this isn't okay (laughs) so the hcu isn't a series of movies it's a tv show yes yeah (laughs) okay yeah it's a television show that when watched when watched at 1.35 speed is an hour long each episode is an hour long yes i love it are you following me on this i love it I think it I think it works out great. I think I think it's clear. Mm-hmm. Much like this movie, it is concise. Yeah. It, I think you need to update the website to add the Aurora Borealis. Is the so okay, so now we gotta figure out though the Aurora Borealis is what gives Christmas its power. Christmas and North Pole specifically, the Empire of North Pole. Yes. Did which can okay chicken and the egg, 
Which came first? Did Santa and Father Christmas create Aurora Borealis, or is that the sort? Was Father Christmas the first one to like tap into Aurora Borealis? Is he like no, a I siphon think, for the power? I think it's a. I think it's um, the Aurora Borealis came first. I like that in more. the same way that like like Mister Exxon Mobil didn't didn't create oil. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. He found the oil. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay, I've got you now. Yeah. So other, I love this, because other planets can have auroras. Auroras, oh, auroras are the result of <laughs> disturbances the in the magnetic sphere caused what by solar wind. You said, I love this because other planets can, too, have a North Pole and Santa well, I think Claus. It, I think... I think all planets, I think any any sentient species would eventually harness the power of the aurora, of these beautiful sure. solar winds. Yeah. Um, and it's electronic. And, of course, our biggest example of, besides a Santa, our biggest example of someone harnessing the power of Christmas within themselves is from um, Christmas spirit and her electric powers. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe it's just magnetic, and the aurora borealis powers that, and it's and it's a magnetic power. What was the but because, dude's power in that movie? <laughs> I don't think he got one. No, Wait, he no, had he one. He had one at the very end. Did he? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember what his power was. But, yeah. Okay, so I like that. I like this because now now Santa's not supernatural. Santa, Santa is scientific. He's scientific. He is yeah. rooted in the primal engines of the world, as opposed Instead of, to just this nothing. Like, yeah, oh, I can do Instead whatever of, I want. No, no, Santa, you tap in to the magnetosphere, <laughs> and you access that power that way. And the electricity could be electromagnetic power, which gives it which gives it credence. Beautiful. So it literally is an energy crisis. It is an and energy this, crisis. And this is why Santa is fighting the U.S. government, because the U.S. government is not going to invest in clean energy, baby. They're going to burn this planet to the ground. It wasn't about, it was never about socialism versus capitalism, oh, Daniel. It was about what every U.S. conflict has been about since the 1800s. It's about energy. That it's brown about oil. earth juice, baby. It's about that dinosaur bones. Okay. I think we did it, Daniel. And Santa, I think we did and it. Santa. Okay, so is Santa not egalitarian? Then is Santa like truly only in it to preserve North Pole? Yeah, I mean that's where he. That's his. That's his business. And spreading joy and cheer is just a side effect, just because that's what makes the magnetosphere better. Why does it make the atmosphere better? Because people don't drive when they're at home. Cuddled up with their loved ones. Boom, baby. Boom. Broke this shit Boom. wide open. I also think Boom. this Santa is excommunicated, though. I do want to talk about that for the briefest of moments. Okay, go ahead. I don't think... Because he, A, not in the North Pole. Yes, he's in Gar he's in Garland, which is, like, not the North Pole. Not even it, it is very to the visibly not the North Pole. Dude, this also explains why Santa's in the North Pole. Because it's one of the magnetic poles of the yeah. planet. 
Yeah, I fucking I think love, we, I yeah. love this man. This is like this is like Toby shooting organic webs versus Tom making the making the web shooter. I thought you were talking about Toby from um, the one movie with Toby. No, <laughs> you meant Toby Maguire. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, Toby shooting organic while Tom is yes, shooting. Yes, I've caught up. I've yeah. caught up. I think you bet. You bet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I. So either he is excommunicated or Santas don't have to be based in the North Pole. Um, I honestly, I like the, no, please. I really like the idea that he's a rogue Santa that got excommunicated and is spreading Christmas cheer just because. Yeah. He's like, well, if you're going to excommunicating me, excommunicate, whoa, if you're going to excommunicate me. <laughs> I'm just going to do it myself I, in Garland. I honestly get major, major Billy Ray vibes from this guy. Mm-hmm. I think in the same way that Kanan is meant to be an arc for Christmas magic, I think this guy was just like, I think w- once you've gotten that sweet Aurora juice and that power that comes with it, I don't think it ever truly leaves your system. No. Is this then sort of like remote Santa? Is this the Santa who's like, I go to the smallest towns on the frontiers? I like that. I, I do like that. Where it's like, I'm, he's doing, because he's doing it out of the kindness of his heart, he has a bit of a smaller operation than the North Pole, yeah. obviously. He goes to the community. Yeah. Rather than worldwide. He doesn't deal with LA or New York or any of these big places. No, no, He's no, going no. to the small, the smaller communities in Alaska, kind of the yeah. northern northern parts of Canada. I like Hey, this. how about this, Daniel? Okay. How about this? I'll posit this theory. Do it. Maybe he's going to all the towns that are Christmas named. Oh. Because we see those all the time. Yeah. yeah, we do. The small Christmas towns. North Pole. He's going. He. Idaho. He's going to Reindeer Falls. I love this. I love this. He's going to Holly. He's going to. He's going to Holly. He's going to Bethlehem. He's. He's going, going to Mistletoe. He's going to. He's going everywhere. And the only re- and that's why this Santa is effectively mortal. This is why this Santa is susceptible to, because I think usual Santas like they eat a thousand cookies a night. I think they've just magically, they magically burn that off. This Santa can't do that as much anymore, because he's because he was essentially got his ID card taken away from him. Yeah. That would have it like he got the power sucked out yeah. of him. And he's still got like a key to the back door, but it's a lot more work. It's a lot more effort. He's got to avoid the cameras. Mm-hmm. Like it's a whole ton more work. And therefore some of the, the more advantageous parts of being Santa that you don't always think about. Some of those things are lost on him now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like this, Daniel. I, I think love this. this. I think we did this. You've done an excellent I cracked it. I cracked it job, wide open, baby. I love it. Okay. Uh, do you want to know about what we're watching next week? Yeah, let me let me hear it. Yeah, we are watching One Christmas Eve, 2014's One film. Christmas Eve. And there is a dog on the post. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um uh, uh, let's see here. Let's get the good Come on, that man, with the dog. Good review. 
Uh, Okay, I guess we're just going to go with the boring IMDb review. Uh, A series of mishaps threaten a recently divorced mom's attempts to make her two kids' first Christmas without dad. There are literally quotation marks. Perfect. Mm. The tagline for this movie, chaos is coming to town. Oh, okay. I mean, I can get on board with some chaos coming to town. Um, This is also a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. Oh my god. Is this our first? Uh, This is the first, according to IMDb trivia, yes. This is the first uh, Hallmark Hall of Fame movie to premiere during, or to to air on the Hallmark channel. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, Uh Uh-oh, I read one of the goofs and I got a spoiler. (laughs) Uh, If you like the show... Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. What is it? What is this face? You're I'm making? reading the I'm reading the goofs, and the goof says, "When they are robbed, one of the masked men shoots out the rear tire." <laughs> There's gunshots in this. The tagline okay, warned you: chaos is coming to town. Good God! Okay. I love this. If we um, can get our anti Mrs. Miracle in this movie <laughs> in the form before of this Mr. Dog, Miracle. Yes, one more week, folks, and then Mr. Miracle's Yeah, one more week, and then Mr. Miracle's coming to town. Um, If you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Uh, You can also visit us on Twitter at HCUSecret. You can also visit our website, mistletoesecret.com, or send us an email at mistletoesecret at gmail.com. You wouldn't download a car. You wouldn't 3D print a house. You, You wouldn't... Watch a friend's student film, and if you enjoyed it, you wouldn't just say, no, you would sit down and you would say, five stars. Five stars. And most most importantly, you all have, you have an open season to write whatever the hell you want in that (laughs) review section. And as long as there are no offensive things in it, I'm going to read it out on the podcast. <laughs> I've done it twice before. I'll yeah. do it again. We're up to like eight reviews, though, and they're all five stars. So thank you so much oh, for doing Oh, that's great. Yeah, you don't even need you. to write anything. If you're just like, yeah, I just like this show. I like this show, but it's it's weird when they talk about other movies. Four stars. That's that's fine, too. That's that's also a review. Please leave, leave one star for every ten movies we've watched, which is five stars. That's terrible. And it's staying in. My name is Trey Flintnicky. My name is Dana Kunkel. And I'm reminding you to stay jingling and stay jolly. Thanks for listening. <laughs>